0: The most audible. Hold the applause. Like Paul Pittsburgh. Welcome when he was to first out the, hospital. I to the T- Boston Celtics Podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional sports fan. And I'm joined, always as always, by the kid, the god, the legend himself, Celtics beat reporter from The Athletic, Jay King. Ladies and gentlemen, and we are coming to you live from the bowels of the TD Garden on a Friday night. After the Celtics lose a very bizarre game to the Orlando Magic, 117-109. Al Horford got ejected. Rob Williams is back. The Celtics lost to the Magic, who are on a a five-game winning streak. They can't stop Markel Fultz or Cole Anthony. Just absolutely a a, a banana land game, Jay. And uh, I guess, what what was your biggest takeaway from uh, what we saw out there? Whoever had...
1: Al Horford in the pool to become the first Celtic to take a nut shot at somebody (laughs) else this year is a rich man because he was way down on the list of guys I would have expected to get launched for uh, slamming another man in the baby makers. But, yeah, I mean, the the real takeaway from this game, beyond the win, the loss, the ugly stretches of play – Robert Williams played and he was jumping around. He was moving well, considering how much time he missed. And, you know, the the level of play that I expected, like he just far surpassed it. Um, he was active. He was energetic. He was running the court in transition. He didn't look too... Out of sorts, conditioning-wise, like he looked to be in pretty good shape, um, and obviously he had some some rhythm stuff. Picked up a bunch of fouls early. One of them was probably a little
0: bogus. Um, he should have he should have had four fouls in the, his first eight, four minutes, though. Like he picked them up very quickly. I think his first stint was like rocky, but that's clearly just him getting used to it. But you can just see the impact that he makes on the court with just like having the lob threat there but just the way he deters shots around the rim like it was you forget how good this guy and how impactful he can be at basketball um and just the the impact he has on the depth i know the Celtics bench like was pretty bad tonight but they like you just insert Robert Williams in the lineup and they just have so much more depth coming off their bench and their nine man unit i mean i Blake Griffin did play in the fourth quarter a bunch but that was mostly cuz Al Horford was ejected but just the nine-man unit is just so much more impressive. Um, and just having him out there with Al Horford, um, it's just a good sign for the Celtics moving forward.
1: Yeah, and and that's, that's the most important thing. Um, we can talk about a lot of different stuff from the game. Their, the Celtics, like, their first five minutes were awesome. <laughs> they
0: looked extremely good they jumped that. out to a 14-4 lead and then um, gave up I think a 28-10 to run and um, then there was just far too much Mo Wagner <laughs> entirely too much Mo Wagner Mo Wagner <laughs> dominated this game I did not think that was going to happen he dominated this game uh, again Cole Anthony very very shifty in the uh, second half Markel Fultz going on a run they just Couldn't really stop Franz Wagner either. It's just... uh... Mo
1: Wagner had 25 points in 23 minutes. And he was talking shit the whole time. He was chirping. He's one of those guys who, like, he doesn't think of himself as a borderline NBA player. He he fancies himself as an absolute problem. And I love Mo Wagner. I, I love him so much. He talks so much crap for a guy who is frankly usually not very good at basketball.
0: And he's the one who took the shot to the groin while he was – he got called for a foul and then took – like he pro- like brought that on himself. I don't want to blame the victim here, but that is – that's contributory negligence. Like he – he, it's not often you get hit in the nuts while you're fouling someone and that is a flagrant tooth that gets uh, them ejected from the game.
1: And I don't know if this was caught on the <laughs> – the tv um but shortly after that like the celtics kind of totally fell apart for a little while um jason tatum got a tech uh like they really were out of sorts for a while just all sorts of pissed off and at one point mo Wagner, like shortly after al horford's ejection Mo Wagner went around, like, pointing at his head. <laughs> you guys are mentally like, weak. Like, either you guys are mentally weak, I'm in your head, uh, something. I, I don't know exactly what he meant by it, but I was I was more than impressed with Mo Wagner's shit-talking <laughs> and just the level of nonsense he put the Celtics through during the game. Um, did not anticipate so much Mo Wagner, but there was a lot of Mo Wagner. It was not Les Wagner. It was, it <laughs> it was, was Mo definitely
0: Wagner. Mo Wagner. <laughs> I'd be so obnoxious if there was two. If I was a Magic's um, podcaster and there was two Wagners in there, and I was I'd constantly be making Mo Wagner jokes. Should the Celtics be concerned about like they lost some games on the West Coast trip? They, their offense has not looked as good. Um, I saw some. I actually saw this online. I did. I'm not doing a sports talk radio thing. People were like, "the The Celtics are not." taking it to teams they're not don't have the intensity they just let like let the magic walk all over them is there any validity to that are they are they like struggling right now should should Celtics fans be concerned about uh this game
1: I don't think so like we we talked about on recent podcasts about how we thought when Robert Williams gets back the Celtics will have some of their bumpier performances and I don't want to put everything on him Because he was pretty good. He was, at least once Horford got ejected, their best big man. Um, And he, quite frankly, played at a level I did not expect him to after so much time off. But, like, I felt his first stint really hurt them. And it took away the rhythm that they had. Um, I think Oh, yeah, he was like a minus 17 or something, or minus 12. I think it was minus 10 in his first, like, three or four minutes. And in that first stint... So they went from they were up big, they were rolling, to they're incorporating the new guy. He's not on the same page yet with everyone. Uh, and, again, like I said, I, I think it was very promising for him. But I felt like that stint really took away the way that they started the game. And they did have an edge. They did have, like, a purpose to start the game. It just – they weren't able to keep it. Jason Tatum had pretty rough second half um, – more of a quiet second half, I guess, than a rough second half. It wasn't like he was, like, missing a ton of shots. It was more like he just didn't really do much. He took him a while to score a bucket in that second half, um, which will be rare. But he hasn't played at the same level lately consistently that he did earlier in the season. And I don't think that's anything to be concerned about. But But they definitely need him to – Start playing at that level again.
0: They also just missed a shit ton of open threes tonight. Like, you shoot 23%, 24%, 11 for 46 from three. Like, this offense is, like, predicated on them taking a fuck ton of threes. And some nights they're just not going to go in. And it felt like... Yeah, Malcolm Brogdon especially had, like, tons of wide open Wide open ones. Marcus Smart missed some wide open ones, I think. um, Like, after Tatum got that tech... Marcus Smart kind of, like, brought the whole team together, brought him in a huddle, and it felt like he did a lot of good things in terms of, like, trying to get the team back into the game. There's like, a lot of energy. They really started, like, locking down defensively, but they just never hit, like, three shots in a row to basically go on that run, and, like, I think that's just going to happen over the course of an 82-game season. It's, like, when you're shooting over 43s a game, sometimes you're just not going to have those nights uh, and like they just never were able to like the magic didn't dominate them. Like the magic in the second half didn't have uh, any 30 point quarters. It wasn't like the magic were scoring at will. I actually thought the Celtics did a better job on defense. They are just down by, I guess, how, what was the biggest lead at, at some point Yeah, 19 and they just never were able to like string three shots together and really like make a, make a full comeback and just, they, they got it to eight and then just couldn't do anything.
1: Yeah, they uh, they started to pick it up after they got nineteen. Sort of after Smart pulled them together, uh, there was a timeout shortly after that, and Tatum started picking up on full court. And there was a stretch when the Celtics looked like they might pull it together. Um, they just could never get over the hump. They had ter- pretty. They only had fourteen turnovers, but they seemed like key turnovers. Like they were all in inopportune times. Uh, Jalen had a bunch of travels (laughs) like stepping out of bounds on an ato yeah just random travels and they were legit travels like it wasn't like no it wasn't
0: like the ballyhoo tomfoolery we saw it was like you oh you took four steps there before your jump shot
1: yeah they were they were definitely valid uh travels but just just some weird moments like that that kind of took away some of the celtics rhythm too um and took away their chance to come back but i mean frankly like it was a rough stretch for a while there. Just Wagner's everywhere. <laughs> just <laughs> They just
0: kept coming. Wagner after Wagner after Wagner.
1: Um let's talk about Robert Williams's debut. Let's go more into depth there because um he did a lot for he played 17 and a half minutes. Uh he came off the bench. I I suspect he'll probably come off the bench for a while um while they ramp him up but but well, maybe not. Like they don't have to at all. Uh, we did not see him play without Horford at all in that big duo. That really, I thought his first stint. So I thought his first stint
0: was with Horford. I thought he came in for White, and we saw like a maybe brief- for like
1: thirty seconds. Yeah. Um. Maybe I'm wrong there. Um. But there wasn't too much of that at the very least, and part of that was Horford got ejected and was not available <laughs> to return to the game. Uh. I enjoyed Horford's ejection. Because he was pissed off. That's terrible. He was saying as he walks off, just just muttering to himself, or maybe saying it louder. That's terrible. Um, But Robert Williams, like the lobs were there. He well, the lobs were
0: interesting because they would they didn't like get them in like traditional pick and roll lobs. Like I think there's the Tatum one was a bit more in transition. Marcus Smart, he was just like wide open when Smart threw it to him. And then there's a, he had a put back dunk. Like he, I didn't think he had as much gravity on offense as you would like, would think fully healthy Rob Williams was. He clearly made a difference um, just as an outlet. And Tatum said that after the game, just like as a guy, just like you can throw it up there. But I also think they haven't had
1: that yet. Like they haven't had a roller. <laughs> um, Luke Cornette has been probably their primary role threat this season, which
0: is not, even remotely close to Robert Williams. So why didn't Luke Cornette play in the fourth quarter? Why did Blake Griffin play those five minutes and 21 seconds? That's a good question, because I thought
1: Cornette was actually doing what he was supposed to do um for a little while. They had him guard Markel Foltz, which is sort of what they've been doing lately is just sicking Luke Cornette on guards who can't really shoot. Except I feel like it was okay against John Wall, it was the way to go against Russell Westbrook. Like you want to beg him to shoot, but I feel like Markel Fultz is like a step above those guys as a scorer. Like has more shake and bake to him at this stage of his career. Uh obviously. Well,
0: they did the same thing with Robert Williams it seems to be like it was kind of their strategy of just yeah. like okay. And I thought the Magic actually were able to stay ahead when they went away from Markel Fultz and put in Cole Anthony who's just the guy's a professional hooper. That guy, that guy can just score, uh, and he was taking it to Jason Tatum. Like I was, I wouldn't say they're all professional hoopers. Everybody in the No, NBA. no, they're professional basketball players. They're not hoopers. <laughs> <laughs> hooper is a different, different breed. Ish Smith is a hooper. We're giving Cole Anthony that title after tonight. Cole Anthony, fourteen points, taking it straight to Jason Tatum, and just shifty as hell. It was a good game from Cole Anthony. Known
1: professional hooper uh what else from robert williams's debut that first stint, like we talked about like he just got caught out of position a couple of times um I, fe- I felt like he was really impactful defensively after that though like mo Bamba tried to post up sam hauser twice in the span of like a minute or two and robert williams rotated over to swat away the first try and then the second try Bamba he lost it or like Someone knocked it away before Robert Williams could block it again. But Williams was, like, right there. And it's just kind of a reminder of how how much of a presence he is and how he changes – like, he makes other mismatches not a mismatch anymore. Yeah. Because, like, Mo Bamba and Sam Hauser, if nobody's helping or nobody with size and athleticism is helping, that might be a good thing for the Magic. Maybe not because Mo Bamba – but it might be a good thing for the Magic. Um, but it didn't matter that it was Sam Hauser against a guy however many inches taller because Robert Williams was there to just erase the mistake. Um,
0: there was a play where Paolo was posting up Smart. Um, and Smart actually ended up taking the charge on it. But like Robert Williams was right there. And Smart was able to just kind of force him inside. And just having that impact of that. And Robert, like, Time Lord was right there ready to swat the ball. But Smart like took the charge. But just having that presence there makes such an impact, um uh, just him playing on the weak side. I also I thought he made a huge difference on the offensive glass. Just like his ability to get to balls and tip things out just like is not something they had. And it just feels like when he's there more like more stuff is just happening um on the offensive glass just because he has he's an elite jumper. Like the guy can the guy can jump. Uh he had saw a few of the the, the Time Lord contests, which are fundamentally different from the uh the Cornette contest because he's blowing past people at three point line. Like that messed him up a little bit, but the man, the man can jump and he was excited to jump. uh, And I just think he's like, it just adds a different dynamic to what they can do on offense. I also thought like his passing, the one three that Malcolm Brogdon did make, like probably the best Celtics possession of the game where they just moved the ball, moved the ball. He might've had a chance at like a contested dunk, but he had a great pass to find Malcolm Brogdon in the corner. Just that like dynamic passing from the big man position, it's something Al Horford can do, but it's like um, he's not as much as a threat at the rim. And so there's not like people collapsing on him as much. And I thought that was like Robert Williams, known good passer. will I think will definitely fit in with this Celtics offense.
1: Yeah, but the offense is like a little different than it was last season. Like he's not going to. It's not going to be totally the same for him. So I do think there's going to be an adjustment period as as they get reacclimated to having a guy like that again.
0: It's going to be interesting to see if they roll with the double big because we're talking about how impactful he is as this weak side, but if they're rolling with him and then four guards slash wings, are they going to – you put Tatum on the the biggest guy down the court or – how do you like, kind of implement that weak side Rob uh, ability if you have m- four much smaller players and you don't have Al Horford out there?
1: Yeah, sometimes they've been doing that with like Marcus Smart guarding the big this season. Like we've seen him guard centers at times, um, even with Horford on the court or Luke Cornett sometimes. Uh, but yeah, it's gonna, that's going to be different, too. Like when they do go to that double big lineup. I looked it up today. Al Horford only played 26 minutes with Luke Cornett this entire season so far um so that's going to be a major change and i think like it's really going to benefit the celtics defense the offense i'm not sure it will um and it'll at least be like different from the five out that they've played a lot of the time um or with cornet like four out a lot of the time but they've always even cornet can shoot threes blake griffin can shoot threes al horford obviously shoots threes every big man they've played so far can shoot threes. Um, And Robert Williams is just different than everybody. In in awesome ways, mostly. But um, it will be, like, a little different with him. And I I do think it'll take some time. But we'll see. We'll see how... I I was really, like, blown away by how good he looked, considering... I didn't expect much. We saw him scrimmage a couple weeks ago, and he frankly looked like super gassed, like totally out of shape. And, you know, two and a half weeks later, three (laughs) weeks later, whatever it was, he looked far better than I I thought. So I I just felt like that was really promising for them. Um, To get him back and hopefully keep him healthy would be a huge, huge deal. Do you have some junk? Are you bringing out the junk right now?
0: I mean, do you have any other observations from this game? Did Sam Hauser forget how to shoot? Uh, He feels like he's been in a slump recently. He has been in a slump. An 0 for 2
1: tonight. Uh it's a sad day when the Wagners, when Mo Wagner outshoots Sam Hauser. One for two for Mo. 0 for two for Sam Hauser. Obviously not a huge sample size there. But uh yes, Hauser, I mean, I don't think it's anything to be concerned about. The guy's has shot 40%
0: or better literally every season of his life um he's a professional uh shooter not a professional hooper at this point but professional shooter some would say he's a hooper uh no he's not a hooper what what, what type of game do you have to have to you gotta you be re- able to get your own buckets if you're a hooper i mean off the dribble
1: i just i just think that the term hooper is disingenuous and often refers to people who are destructive to their team.
0: Oh, you know, you know Hooper doesn't mean necessarily mean good. I mean, Jordan, Nick Young, I would say, is a would, Hooper. Would Derek White be a Hooper? Because he has a great mind for the game. No. But
1: doesn't get his own bucket. See, that's totally wrong. To <laughs> it's not my I didn't make up the word. I, yeah, see, I just think people are using it wrong. If you're using it just as a guy who can go get his own shot. Derek but,
0: White's a gamer, not a Hooper. He's a Hooper. High IQ guys are my hoopers. <laughs> Agree to disagree. But that's a good transition into the the junk. After the uh, last podcast I end up, I didn't even have any junk for that podcast. It was just uh, a. pathetic. I didn't know how to close the podcast, so I just mentioned some uh, random observations. And it wasn't good junk. And then Jay King, he challenged me to come up with some inane observations. And what a night to do it. Um, you know... Absurd game. Al Horford gets uh, ejected. No one's really here because it's an Orlando game. So I actually get to sit downstairs, you know, a, a different vantage point. But let's do this. Um, it's, it's an honor to be doing the junk drawer in person. We are recording
1: in like some back room mm-hmm. at TD Garden right now. And also an honor to be doing the junk drawer on a night when Al Horford hits someone in the junk.
0: Yes. All right, let's start. The The woman, I don't know her name, but she's the host uh, of the Celtics uh, like pregame or the, the entertainment. This is quite a start. Wearing a full gold outfit, gold Larry Bird jersey and gold thigh-high boots. Electric look. Uh, I was not prepared for that. I don't know where you get a gold Larry Bird jersey, uh, but that, that was uh, fantastic. All right. Uh... Joe Mazzula, big fan of Quizlet. It's the his favorite way to communicate information. I don't know if people saw it there. Some random woman in Phoenix found Joe Missoula's Quizlet, which is what just is on, Quizlet? It's just online flashcards, and it was just uh, – he had like – that's how he did his scouting when he was like assistant coach of just individual guys on different teams. Um, and he was asked about it before the game, and he's like, yeah, great way to learn. Big Quizlet guy. Yeah, it, it is – so it is, it is a fact that that was actually Joe Missoula's
1: Quizlet account. I kind of thought it was um, cuz it would be so weird for someone
0: else to make that up. But it was all from 2021 season and it wasn't like outrageously like stuff like I think it was s- state secrets. It was 2021. I thought it was earlier than that. I think it was 2020 or 2021, but it was like it wasn't it was just like, "Oh, Luka Doncic, uh you should force him left." Uh and it was like it was interesting to see, but generally uh these guys are very secretive about their coaching uh
1: materials yeah so. i'm sure he didn't want that to get out there even though it was totally harmless that it did get out there and he quickly deleted the account oh yeah his, his quizlet account was gone as soon as people spotted it, it within 45
0: a- minutes of that tweet going live yeah
1: that means he must be very online
0: he's very online some, his, his wife's was, very online. someone was
1: monitoring the quizlet news and let How know. quickly
0: did someone in the that was that's funny like imagine getting that text be like joe Joe, it's time to do the, they found the quiz your Quizlet. <laughs> they found the Quizlet. You must burn down the Quizlet account.
1: Just hilarious. So it is it was confirmed him though. Um Classic. <laughs> I never knew what quiz, Quizlet was. Quizlet. It's kind of tough to say.
0: Did you did you what was your study? Uh Study material of choice back when you were doing a, you know, cramming for an exam. You'd I wasn't just, a big study guy. was I <laughs> <laughs> wasn't a big reviewing the information for the test guy.
1: Yeah, but, no, I, uh, yeah. my thing in my later years of college became, I would actually go to class.
0: Bold step. Take notes? A note taker? And I would take notes. Good start. And then I would, um... I
1: would use those notes at the end and basically just study the notes and nothing else.
0: Would you like read, like would you summarize the notes, like put them in an outline for me, just reread what you wrote? No, back? I was a
1: very bad note taker. And so <laughs> a lot of the time when I went back, I wasn't really sure what I was reading. Um, but that was my preferred method of studies because it, it was easier that way. Um, and then you at least soak in some of the information well in class and you won't totally bomb the tests if you're there. I, I, I learned that it was pretty important to actually attend class after uh, my first couple of
0: semesters went awry. Is Hear that? that college students out there, go to class. Here's a piece of advice. Don't sign up for classes that are on Fridays because you're not going to go to those classes. I also We also had an honor code at my school. So you could take the tests
1: a lot of the times wherever you wanted on campus. As long as you signed the honor code saying
0: that you did not cheat. And uh, I don't know, I, as, as a person who might be a lawyer, Jake, I would, off, I would say you need to stop talking right now. I won't
1: admit to cheating. I will say you that, had the opportunity that the to. system was set up in a way to open the door to cheating. It incentivized cheating. It's a system. It's a system failure. It's it's a system failure. And honestly, if you didn't cheat and not say again, not saying that I did, but if you didn't cheat,
0: you were an idiot. I got nothing else to say. I think we should move on. As your lawyer, I think we should move on. Cold garden tonight. Jake King complained about it. It was fucking freezing. <laughs> I wasn't garden. complaining. I wasn't complaining. I just
1: said it was cold. Uh, but it was it was frigid in there. It like, was. That's the coldest it's
0: always cold in there, but that was as cold as it's been. Do you remember those pictures uh, before the, the twenty seventeen draft of just Markel Fultz like staring at different places in, in the garden? Yeah, I saw some of those resurface on Twitter today. I think you... I, I you, quote tweeted yeah. uh, Forsberg. That just make me laugh. Like, that was such a thing. Do you think that was just like Danny Ainge knew he was still, like, going to get Tatum the whole time and brought Markell in for this weird photo shoot?
1: I think that was set up by his agency. Um, Who let him into the building then? Like, the TD Garden did, not the Celtics? That was so fucking weird. The guy that they were weren't even going to draft didn't end up drafting and actually traded away the fucking pick that was used to draft him was just touring TD garden, thinking it was going to be his
0: home court. And, and they took like dramatic photos of him, like looking out over the court and then like him looking at the big three on the wall, like the old like eighties, big three weird stuff. Celtics, um, Celtics dotted a bullet there. Although he's, he's actually pretty good. Like he's,
1: I like his game. He's I good. Wish he he could w- shoot he went, a little better from outside. He went I'd on a like, six point
0: yeah. run that like kind of put the, the game uh, uh, away. Um, Only one like real Jumbotron game tonight. It was a showdown uh, where you had to name old technology Al Horford versus Peyton Pritchard. That was electric. The Peyton Pritchard part. Feels like it was a setup because Al Horford, known guy who owned a beeper, uh, and Peyton Pritchard had no idea what a floppy disk was, no idea what a beeper was. Yeah, so they just showed the
1: photos of all those things to the players. And the players had to say
0: what they were, and Peyton Pritchard had no fucking. Clue. I think he got one and a half, and Al Horford got ten and a half. No idea what a VHS was. Yeah, he called VHS DVDs. That was that was a tough moment. No, I'd never for, seen a BlackBerry me. before. It made me feel very old. Like I like. That shouldn't be. I didn't think that was general. Like a BlackBerry is just like everyone had that. People were playing but Everyone breaker. had it while Peyton Pritchard was like five years old, man. Instead of getting up and having dribbling to your uh knuckles bleed, Peyton Pritchard, open your eyes and just look around and see what's going on.
1: Yeah, that was that was a tough moment for uh Peyton
0: Pritchard. Tough uh, tough moment for me because it that made me feel very fucking old. Uh time lord checking into a standing ovation, I thought was pretty cool. Like the cool part was that the bench
1: did it too. That that was what I found cool. Like, of course, the fans are gonna do it. But the players on the bench stood up and were really excited for him to check in
0: that game. And I thought that was cool. Um, the parachute drop of the t shirts is just, um, Gary Washburn's been on this for years, but like the t shirt toss is just class warfare because you're never giving the t shirts to the people in the balcony. The parachute drop does the same thing. All the parachutes don't land in the balcony, it's just aerial class warfare. And I'm not here for it. You really came with some junk tonight. <laughs> you told me to. Uh, Cornet did a Cornet contest on uh, Paolo. Did not work. Paolo drained it in his eye. Then Paolo uh, at the buzzer. Paolo good. Paolo good. I This Magic made like eight extra passes on that possession. I thought there was no chance he was going to get it off. Uh, then he did. Um, the Magic are going
1: to be good, by the way, one day. They should be. They're not yet. Um, and it's kind of weird that they play like – five big men at once a lot of the times like but Franz Wagner and Paulo Boncaro are like two really good building blocks for the future and I think they really really fit extremely well together um, as just two super skilled guys with a lot of size like it's gonna be pretty easy I think to build around those guys
0: Decent players. Um, who knows what Jonathan Isaac's going to happen? You might just like give sermons to the rest of the teammate, but he might play basketball soon. Um, Tatum uh, attempted an insane lob to Rob, which he tipped out for a Hauser three. Which Rob Williams tipping stuff like that's just like kind of what he does. We also got a moment of Rob Williams doing his thing where he hates handling the ball in the backcourt and almost had a turnover because he just like immediately <laughs> threw it to Marcus Smart. That's uh, I forgot about that until he did it. Uh, I also forgot about Mo Bamba until he checked into the game. That was a fun. I was like, oh yeah, who is this giant man? Mo. Yeah, multiple Mo's. Speaking of that, that's another one of my jokes. You know the song Mo Bamba? Yeah. If I would just be constantly, terrible song, but I would be constantly singing it about Mo Wagner. Multiple Mo's, multiple Wagners. The Magic are ridiculous. Speaking of ridiculous, Admiral Schofield's got an absurd name. Um, I like it a lot. He's presumably friends with Grant Williams. Um, they are friends, yes. Close friends. Franz Wagner pulled a ridiculous uh, and one into... They got a continuation and they kind of threw it over his head for a... a uh, and one. I I don't know. It was I thought it was impressive. Does that belong in the junk drawer? <laughs> you can't be complaining about the uh the lack of screen on the junk drawer you, right now. You've really brought it up to another level this time. A very drunk man got kicked out of the game, he stumbled up the stairs. That was fun. I didn't see that. Um Terrence Rock, I mean Terrence Ross Skyhook. Uh that was impressive. Would you say that was a hooper move? Oh, Terrence Ross is one of the biggest hoopers there is. <laughs> That's a wild claim. <laughs> Wild claim. I I uh I don't think you have the right definition of Hooper. Uh, Kevon Harris made up guy, uh, but went on a huge run. He yeah he had a couple of important buckets. He went on a five point like five uh point run just entirely on himself. Knocked down a huge corner three. Never have heard of him before in my life. Um, there was a cool hustle play where Tatum dove on the ground, then Bro- Brogdon dove on the ground, and then everyone thought it was going to Jalen in the corner, but the, the whistle, uh, the crowd got duped. The crowd went electric because they thought Jalen made a three. It would have been one of the few made threes. So missed like 17 threes in a row at some point. Um, halftime was a weird, uh, like stomp the yard type thing where they had the, um, the cheerleaders, the dance team and the jet blue flight crew all performing at the same time. And they kind of like battled over in mid court. Um, it was weird. It was different. Uh, you, Probably didn't notice, but uh, that sounds uh, very strange. It was just a
1: long fucking game. Part of the junk drawer, like third the- quarter, went on forever. Mostly because Al Horford um,
2: it was someone longest longest in the penis. Video review
1: ever, like the guy just hit someone in the nuts. It shouldn't have taken that long to figure out he smashed someone in the nuts. And whatever you want to do from that point, officials just just do your thing, but don't
0: make me wait for you to decide. <laughs> Uh, bull, bull, throwing casual behind-the-back passes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> bull, bull. He did not have a
1: great game. Uh, he's a guy who, like in his highlights, looks like one of the best players who ever walked the face of the earth. He just didn't have many highlights today. Uh,
0: the the prime minister of the nation of Cape Verde was in attendance. Um, and the Celtics were embarrassing themselves in front of the prime minister of Cape Verde. Um, Not a good look for them. Do you think Al Horford was protesting Cape Verde? (laughs) Yeah, I think he punched Mel Vogler in the nuts just to send a message, a political message to Cape Verde. I think it's within the realm of possibility. Uh, Right as the Celtics were kind of trying to make a run, Rob Williams comes back in the game. They had a pump-up video that I thought, you got to give credit to the the people running the uh, the ops board. Well-timed. They knew they had that in the bag. Uh, The Celtics got it down to a 10-point game. It said the time is now afterwards, a little bit of a um, uh, reference to Time Lord. I thought that was going to be the thing that changed the vibes. Did not work. Uh, but you know what? The, the guys upstairs, they was, made it. Was right. that the same thing that KG used to do, except they had Robert Williams do it? Well, they'd have, they have Pierce do it. They have a bunch of different players do it, like screaming, like, let's go. Like, where? Are, what are you guys doing? So KG had one. Pierce had one. Marcus Smart's had a couple. um, well timed. I thought I did, uh, execution was good on it. Just the Celtics didn't respond. I've got to say, your feet really stink. I'm sorry. Look, like, this that. is a one plus to
1: not normally recording in the same room as you. Is it? I
0: didn't talk about junk. I didn't know your feet are. Or maybe they're my feet. Maybe it's my feet. It Somebody's feet fucking stink. I'm a little bit congested, so I can't smell it. So I'm sorry that you're suffering that alone. Um, the guy behind me kept on yelling, "Let's go Bruins!" Uh that was really fucking annoying. Um just not like normally I sit upstairs I don't interact with any fans and the guy of the fans called Bruins? Yeah. Just just a a drunkard. Uh I didn't like him uh, whatsoever. Uh at one point Smart in transition uh got tripped up, they called a foul, and the towel guy who was out there to uh to kind of mop it up because you know that's what happens when they fall. He was the first guy to smart as smart to help him up off the ground. And I thought that was great hustle from the towel guy that's that is good hustle from the towel guy um let's see grant williams got fouled um in what was going to be called i eventually called a flagrant foul and he got up very aggressively and it was kind of like a fake tough guy move and i thought it was very funny because i thought that was just a traditional foul like that was nothing it made me laugh too um because he got up like he (laughs)
1: like he was looking for a fight But then, like, made it very clear that he wasn't and just got up that way to just look like he was going to do that. And
0: uh, it didn't feel genuine. No, it it was very performative. It was a (laughs) very performative tough guy. Um, Okay, let's talk about it now. During one of the other – that review of that, the wave happened. And you got into it it with the folks on Twitter. People were uh, defending the wave. Never been a wave guy, J. King. Your thoughts. It was going clockwise, by the way. Clockwise wave for those wondering. The fact that some people pay good money
1: to go to a professional basketball game and think they need to wave their arms into the air to have fun is outrageous. And it takes away from the game. It takes away from people who care about the game. It was a dark mark on the city of Boston. How do you feel
0: about Scal doing it while on the broadcast? He participated in the wave. That I mean, that's just sad. It's sad to see someone, an
1: NBA champion, um, fall that far and, and submit to such... Tommy would never have done the wave. Such embarrassing behavior. Tommy would have slapped anyone who tried to do the wave. And and to see Scal fall into that trap, to see 18,000, 19,000 people throw their hands into the fucking air. Just sight. so that the person next to them can then throw their hands into the fucking air. Does that really sound like fun? What kind of fucking fun is that? It's no, not. It's not. It's not. It's it's you know what you know what people should appreciate about NBA games? There is no way the games themselves. They should appreciate Jason Tatum's lob to Rob Williams, and they should appreciate Luke Cornette defending the weirdness of him defending point guards. And they should appreciate Al Horford punching people in the <coughs> nads on occasion. They should appreciate Terrence Ross's absurd skyhook. They should not appreciate throwing their fucking arms into the air like two-year-old babies.
0: Oh, I'm glad we we worked through that and got that out. <laughs> people think I'm like totally serious on Twitter when I people say people really stuff. come at you and be like, you you must be fun at parties. Like, a- every- yeah, yeah, I am. This is like a bit. Like, I'm trying to try to be entertaining. Every right time
1: now. I say that, people just get furious with me on Twitter. Like, I'm a hundred percent serious saying that the entire city of Boston should be ashamed. <laughs> uh, at the
0: end of the third quarter... For the record, I don't like the wave. <laughs> I, I, think, I don't think it comes from... I don't think you're completely making it up. No. Uh, at the end of the third quarter, this they did a thing on the Jumbotron called the Raise the Roof Cam, where they wanted to see people raising the roof. And it was sponsored by East Coast Metal Roofing. And I just need to get a shout out to whoever the guy, the gumshoe in marketing, who came up with the idea of being like, we'll sell... This raised the roof cam for East coast metal roofing. Well done. Like that's, that's creative thinking. That's innovation on the Jumbotron that's and that's synergy. They got them an unpaid. Yeah. No unpaid advertisement on this year podcast. Uh chicken hat guy and the top hat guy. They're normally uh, up in the uh, somewhere uh, like upper lower bowl. They're courtside for some reason to do this game. Don't know why that happened, but it's the magic. Um, Malcolm Brogdon fouled Paolo, and uh, he really wanted a review. And then the replay assistant said, "No, you fouled him." And then he like was pretty pissed off about it. I thought that was interesting. Jay King almost fell. My chair over. just broke. Oh, it just broke. My chair just broke. Let's see if Good I can. Good thing the junk drawer is on. about to be. Uh, about Dear to be Lord, over. am I that big? Um. Okay. In the post game, Joe Missoula. hilarious. Joe Mazula is the funniest guy I've ever seen. Just uh, Brad Stevens refused to really answer any questions, but he was asked about the impact uh, Al Horford's ejection had on the team. And he said, well, uh, the impact was, well, we didn't have him for the rest of the game. <laughs> I, almost, I almost lost it. I
1: almost just died laughing after that. Because he has the driest humor of all. Um, when he was asked before the game whether Robert Williams was going to start or come off the bench and just said he was going to play center, I also <laughs> <good> almost, <laughs> I also almost lost it. And he says it like like he's dead serious like he's really
0: answering the question. And uh it, it it's humorous. It really is. Uh Rob Williams casual swearing is back in the post game. I missed that. Um first question was like, "Yeah, it felt great to be out there, but we fucking lost." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, man." Uh and then after the game, the first question to Ch- Jason Tatum was like, "What going on out there?" And I don't think he really did it. And I'm probably imagining this and more it's more wishful thinking, but it felt like he dropped a Clay Davis. She turnovers and missed shots. Um I think you I think you're giving him a little too much credit. I there. think I added like three or four or five more E's in there, but he it did a little extended shit. Turnovers and missed shots. If it know.
1: was a nod to Clay Davis, then salute. It to absolutely
0: Tatum. wasn't a nod to Clay Davis, but um I wanted it to be. Uh and then also Tatum said that he asked for the tech, uh, which I like. Don't know if that was like a joke or he generally was like, give me a tech. Do you think he actually was like, ref, give me a tech? I don't think he said, ref, give me a tech, but I think he
1: wanted that tech. He, he went out of his way to get a technical foul on, on that play. That was probably the most angry he's been. Because normally his techs are like, he just slaps his hands together, or does some stupid gesture. And it's like
0: after he gets fouled, this was like after someone else called a foul while he was waiting at the free throw line he was definitely he said he said enough to to get a technical foul so yeah
1: Tatum was pissed off after the Horford ejection he was really pissed he was he spent a lot of time John at the refs after that one which i i mean
0: <coughs> the man
1: did strike someone in uh
0: after he was fouled he got fouled Tatum had to shoot the free throws i also liked <laughs> Tatum saying about
1: that um that uh, sometimes man to man you just gotta you just gotta get someone off of you and that's (laughs) what Horford was doing sometimes you just gotta strike someone
0: in the penis as a man
1: (laughs) sometimes as a man you just have to lash out and strike another man in the nads
0: Al Horford trying to make sure that no one else is a father Al Horford's the only father out there that's it that's the full junk drawer I got nothing else do you have anything else any other observations from this game uh, that was a
1: pretty thorough <laughs> joke uh, more than half the podcast i would yeah, I would say that was pretty thorough um I'm not sure I have anything to add to that list. I'd be
0: shocked if you had uh anything after that um my last thing the way we'll end this podcast the Celtics are coming back and playing the magic three p m on Sunday. The Celtics win by twenty two points. How much do you think the Celtics will win, and how much do you think they'll win by if you do?
1: They will win, and it will not be close. And Mo Wagner <laughs> Mo- will have a tough day. <laughs> that would be uh, my prediction. It'll be over twenty.
0: I think the Celtics hit over twenty threes and score one hundred and thirty-five points, and it's just going to be an easy, easy win for them. One more part
1: of the junk drawer delayed. Piece of junk. Um, Danilo Gallinari has an obscene left-hand jumper. <laughs> as shoot-around today, he was just splashing lefty jumpers with, like, the smoothest form ever. And uh, Is he a hooper? Yeah, he's a high-IQ guy. He, nah, that's a gamer. He, he knows how to play. Would you describe no, yourself game, as a gamer, hooper? Gamers are super competitive guys. Hoopers are, to me, high-intelligence guys who know how to play the game. Not hooper should not be a term... That is used to describe guys that do dumbass things on a basketball court just in the sake of for the sake of going to get their own shot. It should be the so guy. So is that person a
0: baller then? No, that person's a fucking moron. <laughs> what if they do the wave and then do that?
1: Then uh they should be banished
0: from this here earth. You heard it here, folks. If you do the wave, you're a fucking moron. <laughs> That's gonna wrap it up for most wet. Oh. Wrap it up from us here in the bowels of the TD Garden. Celtics lose 117-109. We'll be back later in the week to break down more of this seven-game homestand for the Boston Celtics. Thank you guys for listening to Anything is Possible.